0: welcome everyone to the stupid sexy podcast feels like i'm podcasting nothing at all i'm chris that's dan and dan happy monday to you oh it's monday is it it is this is when you guys get to listen to the stupid sexy podcast twice a week now mondays and friday evenings our brand new schedule So, Dan, what are we reviewing
1: on this fine Monday evening? Season 3, Episode 2 of The Simpsons, titled, Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. That's a reference. Of course it is. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. They
0: could have done Ms. Lisa Goes to Washington, but they, I don't know, decided to be more clever this way. So, I warned you guys on Friday when we reviewed Stark Raving Dad that this will be a politically themed episode. So there will be political stuff involved. Yes. I understand that politics is sort of a no, no on this channel, just cause I don't want to drive people nuts with it, but they are allowed in the presence of reviewing something in that spectrum.
1: And the Simpsons well, this does get... is about the system and not like a partisan thing. It's about the system itself, not about true. That yeah, is, that is true. But, uh, but even our, ca- even our
0: uh, chalkboard line is somewhat politically charged because its spitwads are not free speech. Well, I mean, they're not. <laughs> they're not. That's true. They're not. And our couch gag is that the family runs on the couch. You hear Santa's little helper whimper, and Homer just pulls him out from under his ass. He's basically flat as a pancake, so. So the episode starts off with Homer going through the junk mail. And, of course... This is. I I always love. Do you you ever get any junk mail in your name that's just like ridiculous?
1: Yeah. So like. Oh, I remember. I was just out of college. It was two thousand five, and I got AARP. Oh, that's
0: so rude. That's so rude, dude. I got my first AARP letter like a week before I turned thirty. I was so mad. I was so mad. I. and I was 23, dude. <laughs> yeah, but it's more insulting when you're about to hit a milestone birthday, and it's like, here's ARP, like, fuck you, I'm 30. Get the hell out of here. Now I'm 36, and I still get them. I haven't figured that out yet. I'm not in the ARP yet. I'm still young, damn it. But, yeah. I love that one of them is for Homer Simsoy. He's like, yeah, I'll see that he gets it. But then he falls for one of them. Uh, I love Homer but he's such a oh, the classic sometimes. Fake check yeah it's the fake check that that's what he thinks is legitimate and of course he like he like runs to the bank and he's like sir this is not a legitimate check see where it says void 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 this is not a check banker do not honor and Marge is like yeah real checks don't have exclamation points on them and that's what he fell for but it's not all it's not all bad.
1: He gets a free copy of Reading Digest. That he is not interested in until he super is. Oh,
0: yeah, that's the best part. He becomes so obsessed with it because there's a cartoon, and he laughs at it. It's the lady driving the the car into the and She's like, but honey, you always wanted a compact. And then... Yeah. And then, of course, they're like, yeah, cartoons are just stupid drawings for a laugh. And as Homer stands up, there's his ass crack and Bart points at it and laughs. So, of course, cartoons laugh. (laughs) They did. So I absolutely love that, like, his obsession with it, like, he's in bed. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, let's... uh, let, let, let's read about this. Oasis, and March is just like, oh, all right, that's cool. He's reading up on like new ways to cook and everything. Oh my God! My Alexa just chimed in because I can't stop talking about the books. That's how. That's how much this. That's how much of a book influence is. Is she had to chime in? Good God! I don't know how much you guys heard that because I have a new background filter on on this microphone. But if you heard it, you heard it. Threw me off for a second, because I actually thought my wife came into the room and was speaking to me. And I was like, what's happening right now? Anyway, yeah, because, like, Lenny's trying to get him to go to lunch, and he's sitting there reading. And Burns is like, who is this guy? Well, that's Homer Simpson, sir. Get his file. It says he's actually supposed to be illiterate. (laughs) (laughs) And then I love that, uh... He gets all excited about an all-expense-paid trip to Washington, D.C., but as soon as he realizes it's an essay contest for kids, he throws the magazine out. It's the last page. Yeah. yeah. As soon as it's something that he doesn't benefit him and he can't utilize, he just freaking throws then it Martin's
1: out. Then like, well, yeah, well, maybe the kids could do it. Hey, Bart, you want to do it? Yeah, right. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> we all know this is the pony to bet on
0: <laughs> when it comes to writing an essay. And... Of course, Lisa can just can't come up with anything. So Marge is like, well, when I was a kid and I couldn't and I was struggling with something, I'd go for a bike ride. Do you kids still go on bike rides? Obviously, mom. Well, I don't know. I didn't think bikes were cool anymore. Do kids still say the word cool? It, that's just it. Like Marge is actually a pretty good character in her own right because there's always that moment where she's trying to be the cool mom. But she's just behind. But it's like, Marge is such an endearing character that it it works, right? Like,
1: you're never... the real stuff, too, because we would do, like, 80s trivia and stuff like that. My mom's like, I was busy having kids in the 80s. I don't know anything about the 80s. (laughs) Well, damn. How many kids does your mom have? Two. And and that's enough to not know the 80s? We were born in 82 and 87, and... She had a couple miscarriages in between. So, like, you're talking about me at four and then she had another kid. Eh, Alright. She lost the entire eighties. Alright, I'll <laughs> I'll
0: give her that one. Same thing happened with my mom between my sister and me, but that was the difference between 79 and 84. So my mom actually does know a decent bit about the eight my father doesn't. My father's still stuck in the 60s. He still listens to freaking doo-wop on the radio. Like, even, like, you put on, like, an 80s station or something, he still doesn't know some of those bands. But but then my my mom shocks me because then she knows, like, modern songs that I would not expect her to know. Sometimes your parents can be with it. So other times they're not. But
1: your that's father's
0: champ. Just... He knows what cooks. <laughs> Dude, that's just it. Though. Marge is such an endearing character. You never want to make fun of Marge. That's the thing. Like, Lois Griffin's fucking obnoxious. I think everybody can agree with that. Uh, Sharon Marsh can be kind of annoying. Although, to be fair, Randy Marsh is not exactly the easiest dad in the world to to deal with. Linda Belcher's a big goofball, but she's supposed to be. Beth Smith is a bitch, so she kind of deserves what she gets too. But she's her father's daughter. But then there's Marge. Marge is, like, sweet and innocent. He's just, yeah. You just can't hate Marge. So Lisa gets out her pad of paper and she rides to the she rides to the forest and she's like, Alright, nature, inspire me, and there's a bald eagle. Immediately a bald eagle. Yep, and it does the pose too, with the wings out. So <clears throat> we start getting the uh the other essay contests, and you get Nelson, who wrote one which is aggressively anti flag burning. He also doesn't know how many stars are on the flag, which is pretty hysterical. And, uh, you start seeing the essays from all over the world and what they're, well, now all over the country, what they're talking about, like the kid from Alabama, the the kid from Minnesota.
1: Oh, the girl has the recipe for freedom. I would be like, very, very creative. Do not read that to me ever again. You (laughs) you are in last place. (laughs) Oh, I thought that was creative. It was creative, but I fucking hate it. <laughs> you notice that
0: Jasper, as a military veteran, was one of the judges? Yes. So I like when the, uh, they're like, that was a great, a great essay. Yeah, too good for an eight-year-old. I think the father, the father, the father might have helped out. So, of course, with as the, la- the my favorite part is when the lady goes over and talk to Homer. You see the angry dad with his son going, we the purple? What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Cause there's always like the one kid who blows it and the father's so mad. So the lady starts talking to Homer and realizes what an idiot he is. Like right away. She's like, "Yes, yeah, so. Like. so you super win. Yeah. You, you absolutely win. So they're going to watch bonus D- points. Cause your dad's so dumb. <laughs> so Dan, let's make a note about a future episode here. Marge is flying with no problem. Let's put that in our in our cap here. Marge is flying with no issue. Because that's a future plot point. But these shows weren't always known for their ultimate continuity. So can we just spend a quick minute and talk about what an ass Homer and Bart both are on the airplane. Bart's the stereotypical kid fucking with the guy behind him just because he can. For no reason. Just to be a dick. And then Homer basically just wants whatever... Whatever's coming to him, as he says. Yep. And then Bart realizes how boring the cockpit of an airplane actually is. Have you ever actually been like, did, done like the cockpit of the airplane thing on a plane? I did it once when I was a kid.
1: Because, you you know, there was a time when you were allowed to do that. And, oh, and I, I was a young child by myself on an airplane once. But like,
0: yeah, I did. I got to do it the one time. And I remember it basically like there's a lot of buttons in here and the pilots were very nice, but I just didn't care. I was more fascinated at the view outside of the airplane, actually getting to like see it from the front. I was more fascinated by that. But other than that, I just didn't care that much, to be honest. So the family lands in D.C. And there's a guy with a limousine holding the the Simpson card. And what does Homer say? <laughs> hey, look, that guy has the same last name as we do. And calls for a taxi. And he has the taxi take him to the IRS just so he can boo it. Which is a clever oh, okay.
1: little goat. Oh. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boo yourself.
0: <laughs> and they're staying at the Watergate Hotel.
1: <laughs> well, obviously.
0: Well, where else would they stay to go to this, uh, This essay, this freaking essay contest, right? Oh, I almost forgot to mention that when Bart was in there, he goes, hey, what's this button do? And he brings down the oxygen masks and Homer screens. We're all going to die, and everybody freaks out.
1: Yeah.
0: So, of course, Bart's still being an ass. He does the elevator, the classic elevator thing, where he hits all the buttons, just as the guy gets in. Yay!
1: Yay!
0: Marge is freaking out about all the amenities provided, you know, the shower cap and the the little bottle. And the welcoming mints. Meanwhile, Homer falls in love with the shoehorn. (laughs) He's just like, look, foot goes in, foot goes out, foot goes in. And then at two in the morning, Bart and Lisa prank call him. He's sleeping on the welcome mint, which is hysterical in its own right that he forgot it was there. And he's like, this is your wake-up call. It's two in the morning. And I like how the kids are like still fully dressed too. Like not even in their pajamas doing this, so who the hell knows what they were doing? They're probably ordering pay-per-view. There is a reference to this being an all expense paid vacation a little later on. But so of course, they're uh, they're gonna gather for their uh, their big their big luncheon for reading digest. And Faith Crowley, the the Patriotism editor, she's like, here are your VIP passes. They'll get you into places other tourists aren't allowed to go. And Homer's like, hey, what's the I stand for? Well, important. Oh, really? How about the V? Very. And one more question. Person. (laughs) Homer's Homer's like extra. Favorite bits. Homer's like extra dumb in this episode. But I love it at the same time. So they go to the White House. Did you notice that the White the, there's always protesters outside the White House, but they're protesting literally nothing? <laughs> like, everything is fine, A-OK, no complaints. I thought that was really clever, too. Yeah. And the White House does have a bowling alley. That is a real thing. Yes, it and, is. And the sign says that Nixon bowled back-to-back 300 games, and Homer immediately calls him out. that That's probably not true. And they go to the President's bathroom and pull back the shower curtain, and Barbara Bush is taking a bath. And she's like, "Oh, oh you have
1: those stupid tags." Yes, yeah, so.
0: This room was established and she starts giving like the, sp- the predated speech. And then, of course, they're at the Washington Monument, and Marge is giggling, and she whispers to Homer, he goes, "Oh, grow up." Uh, that is. You funny. So, uh, but it's finally time that to. Uh, oh yeah, they also do the uh, the Air and Space Museum. Bart, get the hell out of the spirit of St. Louis. They go to the U.S. Mint. And they're like, oh, we don't give out free samples, and Homer's sad.
1: <laughs>
0: and they finally meet their congressman from Springfield, Bob Arnold. Although
1: he's in the middle of a meeting when they show up, though. Yeah,
0: he's uh he's meeting with a lobbyist who's like, We're gonna demolish Springfield National Forest. And he's like, Ah, oh, we can't do that. Huh. Well, this is kinda awkward, but uh what if I were to uh offer me a bribe? Yeah, I got a place for this. So he's just like, Yeah, just just get out of here. Let's let's do this, uh let's do this uh this meeting here. So of course, shakes Lisa's hand, he's like Maybe one day you'll be a senator. You know, we actually have female senators, senators. She's like, yes, but only two. And in nineteen ninety one, I have a feeling that was probably true. So uh <clears throat> so of course he's just like, Oh, let's do a uh let's do a let's do a face opportunity here, you know, to get the photo op. Maybe the like
1: t- a million pictures.
0: Yeah. The tot shot always plays in the sticks. And of course, Right there is Mo with the newspaper. And he's like, "Ah, what a great congressman. And Barney's like, yeah, I'd vote for him. Because there he is posing with the kid. So while everyone's still asleep, Lisa is too excited. So she decides to go visit inspiration from a pioneer for women's equality, Winifred Beecher Howe, and finds out that that's where Arnold and the lobbyist are meeting for the bribe. No one goes there, and it's it's a horrible meeting. They mock the demo, the demolition of the of the forest. They mock the appearance of the broad, and Lisa tears up her essay in tears and runs away. And she realizes she no longer believes in America. It tries to go to Honest Abe for help, but everybody goes to Honest Abe to ask. So she tries Thomas Jefferson. He's like, nobody ever comes here. What did I do? Just wrote the Declaration of Independence. She's like, all right, forget it. No, come back. I'm so lonely. (laughs) And then here comes the New Yorker cartoon reference because Lisa's on the steps of the Capitol building. And as she's washing the politicians, they all turn into fat cats. They got the pigs eating money out of the trough. And Lisa starts to write a new essay called The Truth Must Be Told. Meanwhile, back at the hotel room, Bart's getting a massage. He's got a bellman, bring him his laundry, tips him 20 bucks. And when Homer's just like, boy, he's like, remember, all expenses paid. And it immediately cuts to Homer getting a massage with him while he's smoking a cigar. That is such a great payoff to that joke, by the way. So, it's time for the Kennedy Center finalist. You got the musician doing the corny little song about the national deficit. I
1: I forget his name, though. Uh, Yeah,
0: he does have a name. And of course, here comes Lisa. She stomps in and reads a different essay all about the system being corrupt.
1: Cesspool on the Potomac.
0: Yep. But Congressman Arnold's taking a bribe. The audience gasps. they murmurs.
1: And then a guy runs to him. (laughs) A guy runs to the, to the phone. He's like, and he's like, my God, son, what's wrong? A girl has lost faith in the American system.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) I was like, good (laughs) Lord. (laughs) So meanwhile, uh, there's another lobbyist in there, a a Texan this time. he's like, we're going to drill for oil in, Teddy Roosevelt's head. He's like, "Hmm." Shows him the money. Teddy, who? And it turns out it was a sting operation.
1: This all happens during this event, by the way. Yes. Like months, years of of normal. What we have a normal work for a sting on this kind of thing to oust a senator. It happens, it happens in happens, an
0: afternoon.
1: Happens in an afternoon. <laughs>
0: So then, in the House of Representatives, they vote on House Bill ten twenty two, which is Arnold's expulsion. And they're like, "How about we do a a pay pay raise for ourselves?" And get shot down. Which, of course, we know that doesn't happen. And so I like
1: they can agree on.
0: I, I, I love that these like the he's like super defeated, so he's just like aggressively smoking a cigarette because he knows he's getting kicked out.
1: Vacations and uh, pay raises.
0: And then he gives the bill to President. George Herbert Walker Bush, who was president when the Simpsons episode was airing, which is crazy because what? Two Bushes, a Clinton, an Obama, a Trump, and now a Biden. These are all the people who've been president since the Simpsons started
1: airing. That's nuts, dude. I didn't think about that. Most of them actually did double terms. So if they, if there was less double terms, there'd be twice as many different presidents. Right. Right, because because uh, Clinton,
0: Bush Jr., and Obama all got reelected. So just imagine, there could have been three more people in there. Oh my God. It could have been Bob Dole, John Kerry, uh, Mitt Romney. I was trying to think of everybody who ran against them for the actual thing. For the reelection? Yeah, man. for the reelection, yeah. Damn, that's so crazy to think about. And he says, This is going to make my bosses happy. All two hundred and fifty million of them. And Lisa's like, oh my god, the system works. <laughs> it says the headline is the Congressman Becomes Born Again Christian in prison <laughs> Which is also like a thing that happens. <laughs> Very infamous thing. But of course now the musician's doing the trading gap and Bart's like losing his shit over it. And he's like, the votes have been tabulated, and Lisa, with her face restored, is like, "Yep, but nope." The uh, the immigrant wins for his story about America. AOK. And he's like, USF AOK. And he's like, I want to give a special shout out to Lisa because the price of freedom is eternal vigilance to stand against corruption. And then when he gets his ten thousand dollar check, of course Homer's like, "Give her the check," and everybody laughs. He's like, "I was serious." And then, finally, as the musician plays another song, Bart pulls out a slingshot and knocks him off. And Lisa's like, Bart? She's like, Lisa, you taught me to stand up for what I believe in. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Lisa goes to Washington for a politically charged episode. It's not bad. What do you think? And like I said, it's not partisan. It's just about, it's about the overall Right, it's system. about the system. And that's the thing. Like In future episodes, they're going to do stuff that they mock Republicans, they mock Democrats, they mock independents. But the Simpsons is an equal opportunity insulter. Everybody gets equal time on the Simpsons. There's no family guy. It's very obvious what side Seth MacFarlane's on. But the Simpsons? Nope. Everyone's fair game on the Simpsons. Just like South Park. Everyone's fair game. And they take full advantage of that. So, yeah. Uh, and here's the thing about Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. This is a bottom-tier episode for Season 3. Because the quality of Season 3 is very high. I don't think we're going to talk about that many bad episodes as we go through this season. Like, I, I really don't think we're going to, so... It would be the least realistic episode in the season. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not realistic, but. (laughs) Um, uh. And uh, the first piece of trivia I have is that the episode was met with controversy from the timber industry due to a major part of the plot line involving a timber lobbyist trying to bribe a corrupt congressman to cut down the entirety of Springfield Forest. Well, you know what? If those things didn't happen, maybe they wouldn't have to talk about it. All right. As far as some other trivia here. Yes, yes. At the time of this episode's airing, there were indeed only two female senators. They were Nancy Kessbrom-Baker and Barbara Mikulski. Less than a month after this episode aired, though, the sexual harassment allegations of Anita Hill during the Senate confirmation for Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas drew nationwide attention to the lack of women in the Senate. And in the 1992 elections dubbed the Year of the Woman, the number tripled from two to six is really not that impressive, but... I mean, obviously, we got there. Uh, The women's suffrage display Lisa visits is a parody of Susan B. Anthony. When Lisa mentions she later appeared on the highly unpopular 75-cent piece, this is a reference to Susan Anthony dollar coins, which were often mistaken for quarters by vending machines and cashiers as well. So, George Bush's is portrayed in a positive, albeit hokey, light's way. Because shortly after the episode aired, Bush disparaged the show in a speech. Which is why two bad neighbors happened. In fact, uh, in other later episodes, he's seen as in a negative light. I mean, but again, they mock all the presidents. I, I haven't seen any New Simpsons to know if they've openly mocked joe biden yet but they've certainly taken their shots at trump obama bush jr but really they really went after clinton but i think i think like it kind of became a little un-pc to to openly mock presidents like that because that became like the in the internet age everyone was doing it so like it really started with bush jr so I guess I didn't really feel a need to go too into it. They still get equal opportunity. Uh Matt Groening believes this is this episode took the show to another level, so this is one of his favorite episodes of the earlier seasons. I think so too. Cuz it's also a smart episode if you really if you really break it down. It is a smart episode. Like you said, you already summed it up perfectly about what they're actually parodying with the system here.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Julie Kavnir, that would be the voice of Marge, loved the charm of the family just being on a trip and experiencing the hotel room they're staying at and the integrity of Bart's character. As in, you just want to kill him for doing all those tricks and pranks. Uh, The banner that reads Brevity is Wit is a reference to the line in Hamlet where Polonius says Brevity is the soul of wit. The joke of the banner applying greater wit by increasing the brevity of the original Shakespearean line. And even funnier, as noted on the banner, the event is sponsored by Reading Digest. Which, of course, is an allusion to Reader's Digest, which abridges popular books for its readers. Because that's what they do. This was, of course, Al Jean and Mike Reese taking over as the showrunners for the third season. This was the first episode... Oh, this was actually their first episode. The showrunners felt they had a lot of pressure about running the show. They were so pressured that they did six to seven rewrites of the script to make it funnier. Gene said, one reason for doing all the rewrites is because I kept thinking it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And Reese was like, we were definitely scared. We'd never done anything like this before. And they just dumped it on us. One of the first episodes to feature the Simpson family traveling to a real location as opposed to fictional ones. While Bart did go to France, that was a fictional place, obviously. And of course, with the we have the uh, the misleading "Where is Springfield?" The map showed a montage with Springfield State being NT, and the junk mail lists the state as TA, and the zip code is six digits. 192005 So there you have it. I think that pretty much uh covers all the interesting trivia for this episode. What are your uh, final thoughts on this one? It's a good episode. It works. It yeah. does what it set out to do. And it was a smart episode which again uh this is when Simpsons writing really started to get uh, significant and a lot more sophisticated. They still keep the integrity here, but when the focus starts shifting from Bart to Homer is when you really start to see the jokes pick up here. Next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, coming on Friday, we'll be back to Fridays. We're still giving you your Stupid Sexy Podcast on Fridays. Don't worry about that. We're going to talk about, when Flanders Failed Ah, The Leftorium This is a classic episode Very, very classic episode And next Monday Bart the Murderer The debut of Fat Tony Two really good episodes to look forward to Coming up here That's your stupid sexy podcast schedule upcoming And be sure to check out all the other great shows Here on CKCC Radio I think that's gonna do it For this for this week's episode. I can't, I got to stop saying that for today's episode, because we'll be back on Friday of the stupid sexy podcast. We look forward to seeing you guys again. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a wonderful day and catch us on Friday for another stupid, sexy podcast. Cause like I'm podcasting nothing at all.